breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, Senator Bill Cassidy joins us talking about a plethora of subjects. Good morning, Senator. Mike, how are you, man? Good morning, Aaron. Doing very well. Thank you. Hey, good news for Barksdale Air Force Base. We're, of course, huge supporters and fans of our military here. And you uh, were able to get uh, more funding. Is that correct? Yeah, about $128 million. I once met the commander of um, actually Fort Polk or Fort Johnson, whatever, and he said, you know, it isn't important that we get the money for the sake of the base. It's important that we get the money for the sake of our national defense. And I really, truly believe that. Now, the, for the sake of our national defense, you got to take care of the airmen and the soldiers at those different bases. we got $128 million for uh, Barksdale. Um, and uh, $112 million is going for a weapons generation facility. Okay, you need that. It's weapons. But but the other money is going in some way to support the airmen and the airwomen. Medical facilities, child development, dormitory. Uh, but we're trying to make Barksdale uh, a better place as it contributes to the defense of the United States of America. You've also got some money in here um, to take a look, a close look at. We've had flooding issues along the Red River, and and we need to decide what we need to do to dredge the river. And you've got some money aside to study that, right? Absolutely. Economic development is important for Northwest Louisiana, as well as economic development, as well as flood protection. So uh, if you give them, the, the Corps has a whole pot of money. Uh, if you give it to them in a directed fashion, they'll use it for the particular thing you tell them to do. And there's $500,000 to look at the J. Bennett Johnson Waterway about deepening it to 12 feet. The port of uh, Cato Bozier tells me they need that to get their bigger barges up, but it would also help with some of, the, some of the flooding. When I went up there in 2016 and took a boat ride with Sheriff Whittington, I remember at one point looking and saying, is that the bank? He goes, that's not the bank. Um, you know, and, and, and there was so much water, you couldn't tell what was the bank of the, of the, of the Red River and what was not. And so we need to improve that situation as well as economic development. Senator Cassidy, I'm looking at one of the items on your list and it just makes me want to hit someone. I'm glad you're not in the room. Has, our, has our Secretary of Education actually criticized parents? who are involved in their children's education, that you sent me that. That's bogus. That can't be true. It is true. If you look either on the state level in places like California, on the federal level, there is a move to take power away from parents when it comes to issues such as the education of their child or, say, for example, in California, or whether or not the child is thinking of a gender transition uh, you know, don't call me he, call me she. Uh, don't tell the parent. And turn it over to the activists and, and within the school system. And so we're trying to push back on that whole kind of can you believe it type of activity, depriving parents of that which they should have, which is which is the major role in their child's education 
and how the child is raised. We want more parental involvement, don't we? I mean, isn't that the healthy way to educate our children? Well, you know, uh, the left wanted more parental involvement in concept. And then when COVID came along and parents found out what their children were actually being educated, they couldn't believe it. Let me give you an example. There's vouchers that go to daycares that would allow the daycare to take in low-income parents. But to receive the voucher, they've got to use educational material from a certain kind of entity, a certain organization. When you look at this material given by this organization, and, I, and, and this was read in a hearing, it is material that includes things about being confused about your gender. You don't know whether you're a boy or a girl. Now, these are for kids who are age zero to age five. There's also stuff that says there was no racism until whites came along, and whites came up with the concept of race, and that's kind of the origin of all our problems. Now, this is what, this is among the material that these daycares are required to use if, they, if, if, if they're going to receive parents with this federal voucher. Now, in fairness, the daycare doesn't have to use it. They can choose other parts of the material. But this is among the stuff that some parents' children are being exposed to. And we are trying to go after that. That's inappropriate. That's an agenda of the left. It's not an agenda for parents. Bill, we're talking. We're talking with Senator Bill Cassidy. There's an item on your on your list that we uh, we were talking about: a Congressional Review Act resolution to overturn. I need you to explain this to me: a Department of Labor rule that removes religious protections for federal contractors put into place by the Trump administration. Tell me what what's the issue here? So. So uh, if you are, for example, a church um, that is going to, that is are a nonprofit related to a church, that, um, uh, and part of your mission is to uh, your Catholic adoption agency, uh, and part of your mission obviously is to help with adoption, and part of your mission is frankly do it in a Catholic way. Um, the, there's, there's certain rules out there that the federal government would impose upon a contractor, but the Trump administration rightly said that we're not going to make you sacrifice your primary mission as you're otherwise fulfilling this other mission to benefit all, all to benefit fellow Americans. Uh, the Biden administration wants to supersede that. It wants to say, listen, either you adhere to what we think you should be doing with your religious organization, or we're not going to allow you to serve your fellow Americans. Uh, at least not as a contractor for the federal government. So as one of my colleagues says, uh, uh, a, re- a religious organization should not have to check its values at the door when it begins to help the federal government serve fellow Americans. And so, uh, and by the way, these rights are enshrined in our First Amendment, um, freedom of religion. So, so uh, uh, we're protesting that. One more reason by why we have to replace the Biden administration. I got you. Okay. Speaking of Trump, uh, you went on the Sunday shows yesterday, and I got it sent to me by a dozen people. Uh, folks, pay attention because Senator Cassidy said, "Quote: Trump should drop out," and he calls the classified documents case almost a slam dunk. Um, explain why you said that. 
Well, let's work backwards. The classified documents case, President Trump is heard on a tape showing classified documents to report to, to two biographers of Mark Meadows. He's saying, I shouldn't have these. They're not classified, but here they are, and you hear them flipping through it. So it's his own voice confessing what he's done, showing the documents to two people who you know are going to be called as witnesses. Now, don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. That's that's a reality. Now, uh, and I'm told in a court, the most powerful evidence against someone is their own testimony. Mm. So, again, don't shoot me. Uh, this is the case. And, um, and uh, I, you know, just on the face of it, it's going to be tough for the guy. He's, he's, now, lead, he's leading the Republican contenders, but you think he should bow out? Because if there's a Fox poll that just came out, a Fox poll, not mainstream media, Fox, that shows President Trump losing to President Biden. Now, I think we need to beat Biden, period, end of story. But if because of these legal issues, uh, our candidate cannot win, then and if we think that beating President Biden is the most important thing for our country, then um, you know, it kind of leads to the next statement. Mm-hmm. If, if President Trump wants to beat President Biden, but he's being dragged down, then he can support our country. He can fulfill that mission of beating Biden. By doing the noble thing. You, so you, who who would you support as the Republican nominee? Anybody on that debate stage in Milwaukee is going to be better than President Biden. Period. End of story. Period. End of story. So who, who can beat uh, Biden? Who, can, who has the better chance of beating Biden? All of them. All of them. You know the all of them, but Trump. Well, that's what the poll shows. And this is the president's, uh, former president's high watermark. I mean, he's going to be continued to drag down. And they're going to have the hearing on the documents case, which, as I told you, is his own voice saying, I got him here. Let me show him to you. Um, but what about Biden on, on camera talking about how he got the uh, Ukrainian official fired to get his son out of trouble? He's on tape saying hey, it. I got hey, $2 million, a billion dollars. Biden. That's why we got to beat Biden. But so so you just listed one of the many reasons why we got to beat Biden. Oh, I agree. But if you look at but if you look at the polling right now, Biden's beating Trump. Now again, don't shoot the messenger. This is I want to beat I want to beat Biden, and so and I think it's going to be important for our country to do so. Uh, so I'm just trying to line it up uh, so that we do. But but you're not on Trump's speed dial. Probably he's not going to listen to Senator Cassidy. Donald no, Trump, not, Donald Trump is not going to drop out. Well, he might not. He might not. But if, but if you, but again, if you think that beating Biden is important for the future of our country, and I really do, uh, and polling shows that President Trump can't, that Biden's going to beat him. Well, then all I can say is uh, that would be a noble thing for him to do if he thinks that beating Biden is good for the future of our country. Senator- but, you know, again, I, yeah, that's going to be his call, not mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Senator Bill Cassidy, we, we do thank you for your time. Appreciate you coming on with us. Hey, Mike, Aaron, great to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you, you too, sir. sir. What a Wednesday. 
Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. I want you to know if you want to help. You're a hunter, and you want to help the um, the food bank, Hunters for the Hungry. All this week, they're urging you to unload your freezer of your uh, meat as you get ready for the new hunting season, and donate your goods to the food bank. You can get all the details right now at keelnews.com. Our Gary McCoy did a great story on it. And um, it's a good way to help the homeless and hungry people in our community and also get your freezer ready for your new stuff. Dr. Alan Jackson with the uh, City Council joining us coming up uh, news top of the hour after the news in the top of the hour uh, to discuss um, more details that have come forth for the City Council staff member raises. 1017F. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. They said there's a new restaurant opening on Fern. Yeah, you know the um, the old Lamadeline, right? It's called the Pearl, I think, um, and not a commercial. Just Ruben's it's always part nice. owner in that. Yeah, you own that. Are you part owner? <laughs> no, my my bandmate is kitchen manager. <laughs> oh, how did we stretch not, that to not he even close? It? <laughs> <laughs> you get free stuff if he's kitchen manager. I doubt it. No? <laughs> okay, what do they cook at the Pearl? What is it? Is it's it? a seafood. It's okay. Fa- fancy schmancy seafood. It, oh. It, 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 I've seen all the pictures, and it looks really good. Wow. Okay. Now, how does he get from to the Pearl? Where did he come from? Uh... Yeah, he's worked at several restaurants okay. in the area for sure. You know, right. like several different ones, and yeah, uh, he's uh, he's one of these fancy chef type people. Oh wow! Know? He's he's got the coat and everything. Does he know? really yeah, the yeah, hat yeah. Yeah, and yeah, all? The hat, yeah, the whole thing. Oh man, yeah. that's really cool. Nice. <laughs> I'm looking forward to trying it. It's always nice to have something new, a new Is option. Is it kind of high dollar? I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the prices are. I have no clue. Okay. You didn't get to go to, like, the soft opening or anything? No, I didn't get to do any of that, no. All right. I, I don't get invited to anything. You don't? <laughs> no. Well, they know what kind of person you are. That's yeah, yeah, the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> it's going to cause I'll, trouble. I'll, I'll call the fracas. <laughs> Police fracas. will be called, yeah. <laughs> I met the owner of Fatted Calf okay. over the weekend. Mm-hmm. She was a lovely person. Very, very nice. Yes. I've never been. Uh, uh, I've heard it's good. Okay. But I've heard it's kind of oh pricey yeah oh, i did not know that and, and, and I, I, uh, honestly i just i haven't been mm-hmm. but then you go to one of the barbecue joints here and you're paying 30 dollars for you know it's I like know. What, what am i what am i thinking of prices right? on everything right now are incredible unbelievable unbelievably high for even a pizza you can't go to mcdonald's for 10 bucks i mean i haven't been to mcdonald's in a long time but you know, it's ten bucks yeah. to go get anything if you want to get the drink and everything. So anyway, how's that Bidenflation working out? How's oh, the Biden economics? I'm loving econ- it, <laughs> loving it. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, uh, Alan Jackson with the City Council joining us. Top of the hour. What a one. 
Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. 1017 FM, 710 Kiel, 17 minutes before the hour. Sorry, I'm in radio. Ow, she just hit me with a projectile. Good morning. Got an email yesterday from Shanerica Flemings, the clerk of the council, um, with that it, that had uh, a statement from Alan Jackson, and he's going to read that at 710. He'll be in studio with us. And it also had two documents attached to it. Um, one was signed by Jerry Bowman when he was chairman of the council, and another was signed by the late James Flurry when he was chairman of the council that appear to show that they authorized pay raises when they were chair. Okay. Um, I got to digging, I got to looking and uh, asking questions of folks who were around at the time and who knew what was going on. And I have found, it looks like, that the, um, now I haven't talked to Mr. Bowman yet, but Bowman got before the council during the special meeting and said, I never gave a pay raise when I was chairman on my own. Right. It, it, it didn't happen. Um, and now they wave this memo that it shows that he did. This is a one, okay. This is a one line memo. Mm, read it because okay. I don't have it in front of me. The city council. This is from 2020 from Jerry Bowman. January. January. Mm-hmm. That's important too. You bet. The city council staff raises were initiated and approved by chairman of the council because of increased demands and expectations of the staff by the current members of the city council. Signed, Jerry Bowman, city council chairman. Okay, initiated and approved. It doesn't say that the council didn't vote on this. Mm-hmm. He may have initiated it. And then brought it forth before the council for vote. And it wasn't a special item before the council. That he slipped in in the middle of the night. No, that he slipped in. This was done. I mean, anybody who knows Government 101 knows uh, they approve the budget. At the end of the year, in the final quarter of the year, they approve the new budget for the next year. And how much did staff make at this point, too? Right. This know. was way before that 13% increase, right. which was given last year. This is 2020, the beginning of 2020, okay? And this was an item that was approved in the budget. He was simply sending a memo up the chain to HR to let them know we approved a budget, a, a pay raise. It's part of the budget. The budget process is done in October, November, December, and the council passed a budget, uh, the budget for the council staff, which includes an increase. Anybody can go check that to wave that memo and say he did it. He did it. He did this too. No, he didn't. He was simply notifying HR in January that the budget that we did uh, uh, included a pay raise. To implicate Jerry Bowman like he went and did this on his own is is disingenuous at the least. But then the bigger picture of this, let's say Jerry Bowman did it. Let's say he gave a pay raise on his own, which he didn't. It was a budget a budget item that was done by the council. They all vote on the budget. It wasn't just on the heels of a 13% increase. These workers just got a 13% increase last year. Now you give them 10% more. That's 23% in under two years. Anybody in the government, private sector got a 23% increase in less than two years? Raise your hand. Not There's me. There's no hands up. Nope. 
Is it okay for government to do that with our money? It's not. You can't justify this. Whether Bowman well, and Flurry did it. Okay, and, and, and you and I were talking about this earlier. Say it was legal for James Green to do this. Thank you. Say it was legal. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he had the authority. Yep. And it had been done before. And it had... These people make $100,000 a year. They just got a 13% raise. Should you really have given them another another $10,000? The optics are horrible. This is poor judgment. It's right nothing after you, else. Right after you got reelected, you're going now and, and you're a lame duck now, and you're now going to give a, a a 10% raise after you gave a 13% when you say 10% raise, that doesn't sound like much until you go, oh, it's $10,000. Right, right. You made 90, now you're going to make 100. Excuse me, it's a 9% raise. Pardon me, I apologize. It's just the optics are horrible, and it shouldn't have happened like it did. And if it was okay, why didn't you uh, why didn't you run it through the council yeah. and get a vote saying, this is what I want to mm-hmm. do? Yeah, and we're not working on the budget in June. That's not when the council's voting on budget amendments. So don't, don't. Mm-mm. Oh, my blood pressure medicine room. Yep, where is I it? I know. Where's yeah. my maker's mark? 101.7 FM. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. I'm looking at Ruben's. Facebook page. Careful now. <laughs> yeah, be careful. It's like his music. You can't play much I of it. Know, right? <laughs> Which it's geeked con. All these pictures. Mm-hmm. Always fine. What was your favorite part? Oh man. Uh there was so many things. So uh, Jason Muse from uh, from Jay and Silent Bob fame is perpetually ten years old. And he came riding in on it's like a suitcase, but also a motorized scooter. I see. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't know who so he, he was, he but came, I saw him riding. Yeah, in. yeah. He came. He came in riding that uh, day one, and he's scooting all. And it's going kind of fast. Yeah, like he's being a little reckless. It looked kind of mm-hmm. fun. And he's just he's riding it in circles and chasing people around and just screaming, "Who let the dogs out?" <laughs> like he's oh, he's a wow. child. He's wow. a, he's like fifty something years old. And he's doing that. So that that was and and also the reaction of the, all the people that knew him because all the clerks people were kind of lined up in mm-hmm. a row. Where it was nothing. They there was no reaction. They're, <laughs> they're so used to that. Used to from him, right? That the, uh. they had zero reaction. And I have my phone out and I'm filming. That was that was a fun moment for sure. <laughs> uh, it's a great event, and I think there's a lot of people. Greg Adams. I mean, seriously. Kudos. The dude oh works. Gosh. I mean, he's starting already on next year, I'm sure. And he works 24-7 the whole weekend and Ugh. the week before. And he's working all year. So he did a great job on the event. It was awesome. Well, I had a great time getting to know uh, Miss Margaret Carey. Yeah. Who you probably don't know by name. Mm-hmm. Even if you saw Peter Pan, the original Disney animated Peter Pan, you wouldn't know it was her. No. But she was the model for Tinkerbell. Wow. And wow. she filmed her scenes on a stage, all the Tinkerbell scenes, mm-hmm. and she acted them out. This is before that, you know, and green screen and, and CGI. Right. 
And then and they had then, to draw them. And then the animators drew Tinkerbell based yeah. on all of her footage. That's incredible. And she's 94. <laughs> and she was getting up dancing. <laughs> yeah. And just so interactive with all the fans. It, you know, an amazing human. Gosh, she was incredible. It was just a fun event. It was it's fun. One of Shreveport's finest events. We're I mean, all exhausted because we, we we've are. been there since Friday. We're going to need a week to recover. And I'm not as tired as some of these others that, oh, like, that were, like Greg and Matt. I mean, they, and, they literally put Reuben and his wife Lauren uh, in the hotel. A <laughs> little, little inside baseball, uh, if they offer you the hotel room, uh, unless you want to stay there all day, don't take the hotel don't room. Don't take the hotel <laughs> room, yeah. yeah. Right. You're, then, you you're then now the runner for whatever is needed. <laughs> right. You're it. Tag, you're it. It's like, hey, well, guess what? You're stuck here, so you have to do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So-and-so yeah. needs a ride to go get some ribs. Right. Well, you're it. Yeah, you got to go do it. So it was a great crowd, and, you know, it pumps a lot of money into this community because – the mm. thousands of those folks come oh, in from there out of town. There people that I talked to. I said, you know, when people were waiting in line, like for for Miss Margaret, mm-hmm. and uh, I said, so y'all from here? No, we're from Oklahoma. Yeah. Said, oh, cool. Were y'all in town? No, we came down for this. Right. I said, well, right. that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, mm-hmm. people from all over were there. They yeah. Were amazing. Yeah. Incredible. It was fun. Uh, Dr. Alan Jackson, Shreveport City Council, joining us after the top of the hour. Mike and McCarty, 1017. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty in studio with Shreveport Council Member uh, Doctor James uh, Allen Jackson uh, joining us this morning. Doctor Jackson, first of all, thanks for coming in. Absolutely, you know I always love to come and see you guys, especially in person. Always <laughs> dressed so sharply too. Thank you. I got to get some cameras in here so we can be on. <laughs> we we normally do, but they're they're we're waiting for the remodel. So you called me last week and said you wanted to come on today. Absolutely, absolutely. you said something was brewing. And uh, so what's brewing? What's in the gumbo pot well, so, now? I mean, the main thing is just I wanted to have consistent clarification. You mm-hmm. know, um, as you stated before, everybody stated, we got some important decisions coming up that we need the citizens to believe in the current leadership. And so I, I believe that it's, it's extremely important to be clear and transparent and that we're telling both sides of the story or the the correct story. I think a lot of times when we hear certain things, we begin to, to move quickly and then we where our nature is to assume the worst. And so some information came available that I presented on yesterday and it was really dealing with the raise on how city council has dealt with the raise in the past. And so I wanted that information to come to light um, because again, um, the current chair, James Green was pretty much thrown under the bus. You know, everybody assumed that he did something wrong, malicious, um, that that was his intent um, and that he just completely wouldn't rogue. And so the information I provided at the audit and finance meeting on yesterday simply showed that uh, our chairman has simply did what the other chairs have done in the past. Now, now still, Jerry Bowman stood up before y'all and said he's never done that. So you're calling him a liar today? So what I'm showing you is that the documentation says that he has done that before. Um, so I can't speak to his recollection, but the documentation shows that he has done that before. And the documentation also shows there is no legal way to poll the council without having an official vote. Mm-hmm. You can't call around and say, hey, do you support this? That is illegal. That violates our open meeting well, law. So I know that couldn't have been the process. Well, I've done some digging. Okay. And I have found information that the Bowman pay raise was 
uh, discussed by the council was approved during the budget process. And the increase was approved by the council during the final quarter of 2019. And Bowman was essentially notifying HR that this pay raise was approved. It may have, his memo may have been worded improperly, but that raise was voted on by the council as part of the budget process. With regard to the flurry increase, I was mystified because that was done in the middle of the summer. And I thought, well, how, how did that happen? Well, I have just uh, run across that ordinance. Um, amending the 2021 budget of the general fund by Councilman James Flurry to increase personnel services by $16,300. You guys voted on that and approved it. Um, so to say that those two chairmen voted on raises... Uh, did it on their own. Well, initiated is, raises. Is, is inaccurate. The council did vote on both of those. Right. So according to the letter, that's exactly what the letter says. Initiated and approved by the chair. Now, also. But the council in, voted on both of them. So, but keep in mind, when, when council has to vote on something, it's when the money is not in the budget. So our, our job, as you were mentioning right now, is our job is simply to vote on budgets for all departments. Mm-hmm. Once the money is allowed in the budget, it does not have to come back before council. So that's dealing with travel. That's dealing with supplies. Think about all the departments outside of city council that we have that uh, allows them to simply spend money within their budgets. There have been raises that have been given to other city employees um, this quarter, this month, that did not have to come before city council simply because the money was already allocated to the budget. So Then we should have done a budget amendment and put that put those raises that Mr. Green was proposing in the budget. But a budget amendment is not needed if it's already in the budget earmarked for salaries. That is the process. So what has been confusing is is authorization. And mm-hmm. so what what authorized us? So we have to take a step back and then look at the charter. I mean, our charter is our Bible. Did you know these raises were coming? I did not know these raises were coming. Do you think what what James Green did was okay? Do you think that was above board and okay? I think it's okay if he has the power to do so. I'm always going to respect the seat regardless of person. So we don't necessarily have to say James okay, Green. The, I'm the, always going to respect sure. the, okay. the, whoever the is chairman. sitting in the chair mm-hmm. and that has the power. So my goal moving forward is, number one, is to tell the people that, look, we're going to do a better job of explaining to not only the public, but to the city council, to the mayor's office, to everybody involved. These are the duties outlined by the chair. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to voting for a chair, we know exactly what that person is is capable of doing and not capable of doing. What I do want to point out today, because, again, this is all about bringing the city together and not having confusion and division. This person did not um, maliciously maliciously do anything wrong. He was simply trying to do what was told to him by previous chairs in the previous process before. Um, As you mentioned before, we had a... Why didn't he bring it before the council and say, this is what I want to do? He didn't think he had to. It was simply but out of respect for the council members so, and the citizens of Shreveport and say, this is what I'd like to do. So that that is a two way street. You, you have to think about it. If, if he's saying, I, if I have these abilities, should I bring it forth? You know, uh, what about, again, travel? If a council member wants to go on a travel, should mm-hmm. he bring that for the council? If they want to order some new color papers, should he bring that for the council? Do, do we, you, we support, can, do you support this increase? Slope. Would you vote for this increase for those council staffers? 
honestly, I have not even looked at that point yet, only because my goal, number one, was simply to determine if this person had the power to do what he did. I have not even gotten the information as to the to the whys and, and to the rationale as to what led to the pay increase. I was simply focused on does this person have the power and the authorization. Mm-hmm. When we come to um, looking at the whys, of course, I would need more information. I was, you know, start with talking with the chairman to, to get a better understanding as to why he wanted to make that decision. But I do know the ladies work hard. Um, I do know that uh, we have been told that our council staff is too small. You know, they looked at other cities our size and said they have twice as many people as you have. But I also keep hearing the name Art Thompson. And, and what I've heard from him is that he was able to do more with less, you know. So that means that these individuals became highly qualified. When we talk about highly qualified, that should come with a with a with a higher salary. You know, we we heard the same terminology when it came with Tom Dart. You know, he was the highest paid CEO that that we've ever had because he was what highly qualified. So when we talk about salaries and what somebody deserves, it's a lot of different anomalies that go into that, and mm-hmm. we have to look at all the different factors and what we're requiring of them to make that determination and make it fairly. Can you stay with us? I want to talk about an investigation. What's going to happen with that? It's on the agenda. Can you stick around? Absolutely. Cool. Uh, in studio with Dr. Allen Jackson with Mike and McCarty. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. In studio, Dr. Alan Jackson, the Shreveport City Council, who graciously accepts our invitation to come in and see us. Thank you, sir. Thank you. We Thank appreciate you. it. You mentioned just a moment ago, right before the break, and let me ask you, you said the, the council staff is highly qualified yes. and should be highly paid. Is there such a thing as being overqualified and overpaid for a certain position? I mean, absolutely. There, there is such a thing. I mean, do I feel like that is city council employees? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. There's a measure on the agenda for today, uh, calling for an investigation into what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, that was already voted on during the special meeting last week. How? Why is it on the agenda? How to get there? Do you know? Um, I do not. Um, that was not. Um, authored um by me i did not lead that effort um however when i when i when we hear the word investigation people always just assume just wrongdoing or we're gonna find something and we gotta look under the bed we're gonna find something but sometimes um investigation simply means we're just gonna show the public that nothing's going on mm-hmm. you know uh in, in my world in fire higher education we have a process called verification which simply means that the the in, federal government is requiring me to verify to look into the information that you put on that so i always tell students it doesn't mean that you did anything wrong but i'm just going to ensure that everything is done right so an investigation does not have to be a bad thing now am i for the investigation i'm not and that's only because i don't feel like we need one at this time i don't feel like wasting the taxpayers money at this time but if the public wants, you know, to ensure that everything is on the up and up and right and right, then I don't mind supporting that. But I don't want to spend anybody's money. Um, in my opinion, I don't feel like we need one. At the same time, what are we investigating? You know, uh, Chairman Green signed one piece of paper. That's all he did. You know, how the raise actually ended up on a paycheck goes into a lot of other different departments outside of council employees. Mm-hmm. So if we open this door for investigation, um, is, is Mayor Arsenal 
okay with these uh, investigators coming into his house and and open up some some papers and looking under the desk and looking under the bed, you know. So we have to make sure that we're all on the same page when we talk about these investigations. Dr. Jackson, Dr. Alan Jackson is in studio with us, and I appreciate you coming. One big key and huge difference between this pay raise that Mr. Green um, signed off on and the ones that are in the memos that you uh, submitted uh, from James Flurry, the late James Flurry and uh, Jerry Bowman, is that these council staffers just got a 13% pay raise a year ago. Um, and now this would be almost 23% in two years. You're a government employee. <laughs> You ever well, get a twenty three percent pay raise in two years? No, uh, but not all of them got the thirteen percent raise. So we have some employees that are new. So everybody was not covered under the thirteen percent raise. Who was new that didn't get it? Um, so um, Shanerica is new to that position, uh, but she Ms. got Clemens. a thirteen percent pay raise in, in her old position. But this is a new position. This is a new position. But the that, salary of that position went up. This is a new position that came with a new salary. Mm-hmm. So those two things are apples and oranges. Okay. Um, R.J. Johnson is is new, but he was high on at the salary y'all gave him and, and it was a really good salary and y'all got attacked for that at I'm, the time. I'm simply clarifying everybody was not under the 13% raise in their current position and they in, at the at the current city council office in their current duties. I'm only clarifying that. Second, um, we've also at the audit and finance meeting it, it, well, at the work session they came out that the 13% raise that we've given them is almost gone. You know, simply due to inflation. So a lot of people question whether or not employees should get the 13% raise. And then but, but I, it's I've gone always, for you, too, and, and your employer didn't give you 13%. And, and, and it's that, gone for and, me, too, and, and my and, employer and, didn't give me a 13%. You follow me? But I also, I also got to come back because that's a total another, another discussion. Um, a lot of people don't realize, even at the city council level, you know, we make $25,000 a year. And I'm throwing that number out because at, at some point we have to realize what do we truly want? What are the expectations for our leaders? What are we really trying to accomplish? And if, and if everybody values money and we put value on money, then money is also equate to time. You know, time equals money. And how much time do you want somebody to spend to making sure that this city gets its best? All of that's important. We want to treat our employees the same way we want to treat our citizens. We want to try to give them the best. And I think we have to lead by example in showing that. So you're going to put this pay raise on the agenda for the next meeting? I haven't made that decision. Um, Again, this week's goal was simply to let the citizens know that nobody at the city council's level is maliciously trying to do anything underhandedly. That was the, the goal. And I believe that James Green was simply trying to do what his predecessors have done in the past. Okay. Let's talk about Reverend Green a minute. Um, this is one of the many items people say they've lost trust and faith in him um, and that he is causing division in the city and that the city council would be better served with a different chairman. Are you interested in serving as council chairman now? I know you said you didn't want it before because you were brand new. Right. Are right. you ready now? Well, I'm still learning. Um, absolutely. Uh, so I'm still learning. Um, who knows what the future holds? Um, but. Uh, if people believe me and people trust in me, I have faith in, in Chairman Green. Um, I voted for Chairman Green. I have faith. I think one of the biggest signs of that somebody is doing right is when it, re-election comes. You know, he was one of the few council people that was able to run unopposed. That is, that is speaking volumes. 
that is saying that, look, we believe in you. We have faith in you, and, and nobody's going to run against you. I think the opposite side of that is when you got a whole bunch of people jumping your race. So I believe in Chairman Green. Um, I have faith in him. Um, like I said, I voted for him. But it's not just him. You know, all seven of us are still working together. You know, we're, we still believe that Shreveport needs all seven of us working together. And that is why I'm here today. I'm here today, not just on the behalf of city council. I'm here today on the behalf of the city. Because again, we have a bond proposal that our mayor Arsenal wants to get approved. That means we all have to work together. This is not time to say it's Democrat versus Republican. It's city council versus the mayor office. This is the time to say, look, you can believe in us. You can trust in us. We're going to do right by the money, then, and we're going to get these things fixed. Then have Reverend Green come in. Have Reverend Green be the one that steps out. We don't trust him. I don't trust him. I will not give you another dime of my money while he's chairman of that council. And I'm not the only one that feels like that, Dr. Jackson. I understand. I understand. But what that's are you going to do about that? That's why we have seven council members. That's why you also are represented by a district, because mm-hmm. Reverend Green can't do everything by himself. He is our chair. He is a powerful piece um, of the city council, but he is not the only piece. But his constituents send me every day. Why can't he call me back? Why won't he get? He doesn't talk to the media. He do, and I understand there's some that don't want to do that. I get right, that. Right. But I've got messages from his constituents that say he's he's unresponsive. I mean, we need somebody at the council chair that really shows they care about the city. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get you in there, but you're not <laughs> you're not moving in that direction. I understand, but uh, but even myself, I'm not perfect. You know, I don't I don't. I'm not able to pick up every phone call. You know, I try. You know, I mm-hmm. have town hall meetings. Uh, I, I try to talk to the media. Um, but there's going to always be people that are going to look at my decision making and just not be happy. You know, we're not always able to explain the the intricate details of all of our decision making process. Uh, we just don't have the time or or the the media band in order to be able to do that. The media is going to pick up on certain sound bites and they're going to run their stories and their narratives. And then people begin to believe certain things based on that that becomes the perception um even you uh miss aaron your perception of aaron is simply based on the snippet of information that you have Mm -hmm. you don't spend as much time with him as i do so i have a completely different perspective you know i'm able to have a better understanding of his decision making processes i'm able to walk through and say okay why you've done that now i haven't done that with the raise so i can't speak intelligently about that but as others speaking process i know he has a heart for the city this is mm-hmm. his second tenure you got to yeah. realize he's one of the few councils that that serve and then came back and say you know what i want to do this again and like i said he ran on the polls so his district supports him right well, dr allen jackson mm-hmm. thanks for coming in thank you mm-hmm. thank you so much drive carefully on your way to work absolutely mm-hmm. ruben look at traffic coming back with more of mike and mccarty on 1017 fm and 710 keel Well, Shreveport City Council member Grayson Butcher going to join us coming up just after the break, giving us his perspective next with Mike and McCarty. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, Shreveport City Council Member Grayson Butcher joining us. Grayson, good morning, sir. Hey, hey good morning, y'all. 
Do, uh, I'm assuming you heard our interview with uh, Dr. Alan Jackson. I did. Did he bring in donuts for y'all? Can I run by and pick one up? No. He did not. What's wrong with that? I don't understand that. (laughs) Donuts should have been required. Um, There's a little discrepancy now, and it looks like we have found... you know, he was, he's been waving around those memos signed by the late James Flurry, may he rest in peace, and, uh, Jerry Bowman saying they initiated and authorized, uh, pay increases. But I have found documentation from 2021 that the Flurry, uh, measure was a budget amendment, uh, increasing personnel services in the council office by $16,300 that y'all passed. The Bowman memo was apparently uh, letting the HR department know that that increase was passed during the budget process, that uh, y'all increased the budget for personnel services for the council staff while you were doing the budget. So those two raises were voted on by the council, and for them to say anything else is completely not accurate. Well, and, and you have to remember, I was I was a member of the council during both of those, those instances where, where we did give our employees are raised. Um, I think that, um, you know, I recall very, very clearly the vote that uh, Mr. Flurry had. And then, of course, that letter was the action after that vote had taken place. Maybe in his memo, it should have been worded a little bit differently that said, you know, as of council resolution, blah, 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 I authorized the raise. Um, you know, maybe that should have been done. But, I, you know, and then I think the most telling part was when we had our meeting on Wednesday, uh, you know, former councilman Jerry Bowman came up and said, look, I never gave a raise without counsel. You bet. Um, and, and he was very clear about that. Now, I, I, you know, there were several members that weren't there. And maybe they didn't hear that. I don't know. But I, I don't recall in my almost five years being on the council, a chairman doing what Councilman Green did. Now, having said that, I do agree with Councilman Jackson on, on the point that uh, the the way the charter is written, it's a little, it's a little unclear. The way I interpret it is, is definitely different than what the current chairman did. The way I interpret the, the, uh, the charter is that he is the supervisor of them, but that doesn't necessarily mean he gives them the raise. Uh, you know, there's several jobs that you can work at that you may have a supervisor, but they're not authorized to give you a raise. Um, so I mean, when I was the fire chief at Fire District 5, I had several employees. Uh, I could give a performance report to my board, but that board voted on the raise. I didn't arbitrarily go in and give raises. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I mean, there's there's several ways to interpret that. I, I do think, you know, I told Chairman Green this yesterday that I think we should have known about it. I mean, we, we've been almost a month, and he said, well, I was trying to figure out a way to do it. Well, the easiest way for him to have done that was, was just go ahead and put it on the agenda and let us vote on it. Yeah. Uh, talking with Grayson Butcher, Shreveport City Council. Grayson, the uh, investigation is back on today's agenda for the meeting, and uh, you're the author of this. Tell us about how did that get back on, and what's going to happen next. Well, in the in, in the two days, and this is how this is how things work at Government Plaza, and and I, I know that Aaron, you 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 get a lot of information from people, mm-hmm. and, and Mike, your phone rings probably all the time about stuff. Well, imagine that twofold to me because it, it's just constant. Uh, there were some allegations that were made uh, that, you know, that this may have been a setup for James Green, that James Green was set up. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, there's just several spokes to this wheel, like I said last week, and we've got to just make sure an investigation doesn't mean that I'm that we're looking for somebody that's done something egregious. It's just we need to figure out how this happened, how it was allowed to get all the way up to the HR department and nobody look at it. 
Um, we have a setup. A what are you, you go a little further? What are you talking about? James Green was set up. What are you well, hearing? I said, this, I said this in the meeting the other day. We started getting text messages that that they felt like he was set up by the administration. Whoa, um, and, whoa, yeah. And I, you know, I was like, so I called and actually talked to Tom Dark, and I think Tom Dark and Chairman Green talked about it, and that there's no truth to that. But but I think the point is. If you've got the, all these allegations floating around out there, we owe it to the citizens to do an investigation into how this was able to happen, how it got up the chain, how it got to HR, and they thought that this was fine to, to do. Um, but the investigation then, was voted down last week, two to two. You, there's no way you have the votes today. So why even, you know, you're like, you're, you're beating a dead horse. There's no chance that passes today, is there? Well, actually, actually, one of the people that uh, that voted against it called and wanted me to put it back on the agenda oh. or two of the people that voted against it so because we're hearing all this stuff and we need uh, we need to look into this to see what's going on we owe it to the citizens you know councilman jackson made a very valid point we have some very critical things coming up and and you acknowledge what most of my constituents are telling me look we're not voting for a bond issue when you've got this clown car running you know it's it, 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 everything's all messed up we, it's always a controversy something's going on you know, you can't just say, okay, well, there's really nothing to see here. There's, there's, there's nothing. There's a heck of a lot of smoke, but there's no fire. Don't look. We, we have to look at it, undig it, you know, you know, uncover what's going on to make the citizens feel comfortable about what we're doing. I mean, I, I, I understand. I mean, I get email after email after email. If you don't remove James Green, then we're not going to vote on this. You need to get it. it. There is, there is a true moldering going on and we need we need to get underneath there and, and figure out what's going on we're talking with grayson butchers freeport city council grayson in the special called meeting it was glaringly apparent that there were council members missing was did were you aware they weren't going to be there was that offensive to you that council members didn't show up to this meeting um i, I don't i don't think any of this is offensive to me i mean there's uh, you know it's business is business and I, you know some people do business differently than i do business um it was not offending to me but i do think that this was something that was important and we needed to uh you know we needed to to rescind those raises and i believe the only legal way to do that was by council action on on, so, on that uh, on that sub same subject with regard to the raises um mm -hmm. grayson butcher it, let's say that the raises by jerry bowman and James Flurry, they did. They went rogue and they gave raises in 2020 and 2021. That was long before the city y'all gave them a 13 percent increase last year. So you, this one is absolutely looks awful to go back and give some another 10 percent. That's 20 over 20 percent in two years. Nobody in the private sector in any other government agency gets 20 percent in two years. This looks the optics are horrible. Well, and I, I can say this: there, there is no way that if this had come to us for a vote, that I would have voted to give a raise. Uh, you know, I think that they do a good job. We do have a good staff. I think that, that Art Thompson prepared them, but um, you just answered no my way. next question. Mm -hmm. Would you vote? Because uh, Doctor Jackson said he was uh, possibly bringing the raises back up for the another agenda. Would you support those raises? Absolutely not. Not at this point. Um, there's a thirteen. You know, we, they gave a thirteen percent raise last year. Um, there is the talk of a possible four percent cost of living raise coming down the pike next year from the administration um 
No, absolutely not. Uh, there, there's there's no justification for a 10% raise at this point. Another thing that I do want to correct, we, we don't, uh, Councilman Jackson said we make $25,000 a year. We make just over $15,000 a year. So I, I just, not that $10,000 makes a whole bunch of difference, but I just want the people to know that this is really more of a volunteer position for us. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, you know, you're right. Look, I, I've been doing appraisals for 20 something years. My fee has gone from 375 to 425 in 20 something years. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I would love a 20 something percent raise, yeah. but I'm not getting it. Now, now, my electric bill this month was almost $500 a month. <laughs> so, I mean. Well. <laughs> Yeah, Grayson, I can't thank you enough for joining us this morning, and uh, I'll be watching the clown car meeting this afternoon, I mean the city council meeting this afternoon, um, to see what y'all do. Well, one one quick thing, I'm just going to say one other thing. You know, I want us all to get together. It, it behooves the city or the council to be able to get together. And I think having discussions like this uh, in open meetings and through the media is a way to kind of bring us all together, because sometimes we just don't communicate that well and that's unfortunate for the Mm -hmm. city so i hope that we can move forward from this grayson butcher thanks for your time this morning we appreciate you thank you all good night now more breaking news and trending talk with mike and mccarty on 1017 fm and 710 keel One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and Mister Geek Con. I want some like inside the juicy grand stuff. Poobah is in studio. Greg Adams joining us. Greg, first of all, dude, kudos, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I humbly bow before your um, <laughs> the work <laughs> that you did. Um, Funny story from the weekend that you can share. Oh, God. Uh, I got a brief chance okay. to meet Kevin Smith. Yep. He was the nicest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nicest guy. I was like, not what I was, not that I expected him, but right. he, you know, he's all loud and boisterous. Yeah. He was like, man, it's so nice to, he was just super. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he got a little frustrated at one point, um, because for the first time in his convention career, he was at his table ready to sign and there was nobody in front of his table. Whoa. Um, so he got a little frustrated, but it wasn't like it was, it was more at himself. He was upset that he wasn't doing what he came to do mm-hmm. and he wasn't doing what he w- was there to do for us. Uh, so he was frustrated at that, but I talked to him about it and was like, Hey man, you know, we're trying something. We're stress testing this thing. Uh, and he was he was super chill about it, but he was like, you know how you like personally when you're trying to do something and it's just not working out, and that's kind of where he was. He, like yeah. he's here to do something, he's trying to do something, and it's just not working. Right, and you can't just unplug it and plug it back in and like okay. make it work. So, so your funniest story? Oh, I man, too many. <laughs> how many people came uh, through the gate? So estimates. We're we're a billion. No, we're still working on that. Um. And we have to do soft estimates because uh, when we start to factor in comp tickets and the free kids and a lot of the things, uh, we the box office is kind of still coming together. But my soft es- estimate from yesterday was somewhere around 18.3. Whoa. Uh, which might end up going north of 20 uh, when wow. we get kind of some more numbers. But it's pretty safe 
to say that we were somewhere between like 18 and 25. That's incredible. So, so what's the date for next year? You got it. You're working on it already, right? <laughs> we, we, <laughs> who do we have lined up for next year? <laughs> yeah. You're not the first person to ask. <laughs> I met so many people from out of state. There's yep. there six. Uh, one guy left his house in Oklahoma City at 9 p.m. and got here at 4 a.m. on Saturday morning we, and was just waiting to get in. We were communicating with a lot of people who were trying to make flights. There were, of course, the, uh, you know, Secretary of Transportation can't do his job in our country. <laughs> and so flights can't make it anywhere. Don't get me started. Uh, so a uh, member of the rat family can't do his job. And that means uh. that the rest of us have to deal with this. But we were communicating with a lot of people who were trying to fly in. We had a lot of people from so far away that they yeah. were flying in six, seven hours. Wow. Uh, and they were trying to make it in time to meet a certain person. So we were trying to coordinate schedules like, hey, you're going to make it. You're going to get uh. it there. You're going to cut it close. And I think all of them made it. Well, great job. I'm we telling we you. appreciate it. It was it was a lot of fun. The masseuse is down the hall for you. <laughs> <laughs> James Stewart, Cato DA coming up. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Cato DA James Stewart in studio with he doesn't believe I have a private business where I <laughs> no he doesn't I dance for private parties he no, doesn't he, believe me. he's not buying that nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Mr Stewart thank you first of all for coming in this morning we appreciate your time oh no glad to be here you had a joint news conference with uh, U.S. Attorney Brandon Brown yesterday announcing kind of a, a, a new effort. One of your staffers from the district attorney's office is now going to be kind of assigned to the U.S. Attorney's office. What are we doing and, and what kind of effort is this? Well, you know, we're just trying to fine tune and uh, not duplicate efforts. Uh, they have a different process than we do. And so by me having somebody working in their office, we'll better understand what they do. They'll better understand what we do. And more importantly, we won't have duplicates of effort. Sometimes we are moving forward on a case and they're looking at the case and we don't know they're looking at the case. And then we all kind of look at each other and try to figure it out. But having uh, Jason Waltman uh, working in that office will really help us understand the bigger picture and help all of us kind of use our resources in the right way. Honing in on uh, draw, uh, guns and gang activity, is that the priority? The, mo the, the more serious felons, the, those um, who have guns, those who have uh, ammunition, those who may be, quote, gang affiliated, all those who are causing problems in our community and, and trying to figure out a way to get them out of the community. Is it better, Judge Stewart, that the federal system handles them in 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 the legal community. I mean, they spend more time in jail. Are they prosecuted more quickly? No, I, I mean they actually are not prosecuted more quickly. Their process is just different. They take when somebody is arrested in Shreveport, our clock starts running. Their clock doesn't start running, so they have longer to look at cases. They're more selective in their cases. They only take the cases with the strongest evidence. So. In some cases, though, there are federal statutes like certain Glocks, which is in certain types of ammunition that you can't prosecute in the state, but you can prosecute uh, in federal. But they can't prosecute murders and rapes mm -hmm. in different cases. So where we can come together commonly and, and make sure 
we're both not doing the same thing. Possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, okay? Mm-hmm. You can charge them both in the state. You can charge them both in the federal. Sometimes it's better to be federal. Uh, they may serve more of their time, but in the state, the sentences are longer. So in some cases, it helps us that they take it. Uh, that first person could obviously be doing something in Shreveport, doing something in Bossier, doing something in DeSoto. So because they're federal, they can handle it, and you don't have to use all the jurisdictions. So it, uh, both both federal and state prosecution is good. Well, now we're talking about Jason Waltman uh, just announced yesterday he's going to serve as a special assistant U.S. attorney right. in the criminal division of the U.S. attorney's office. Uh, how did this come about? Did you approach the uh, U.S. attorney's office? Did they approach you? How did this come about? No, they, uh, uh, Brandon Brown reached out to me and we had a conversation about whether or not we could make it work. Uh, it needed to be somebody uh, in my office who could carry their load and still do something extra and it, who had the skill set to do it. So that was the first question, whether or not we could identify somebody who could do it. Mm-hmm. And then me talking to the person to make sure they would do it because I'm still paying them. The, the federal government's not paying them. But Jason will not only work, but he'll work within our office also. Uh, uh, with resources and, and kind of communicating with them about all the different things we're doing in all the sections. So it kind of helps both parties, but uh, I'm just happy that Jason was willing to volunteer to do it. Now, if they get prosecuted through the federal, who makes the decision whether or not it's a federal case or not? How's that handled? The federal, the, the fed. I mean, they look at their statutes. Okay. They look at the facts to see whether or not it fits their facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of like we look at our statutes and law and we look at the evidence it's just we have a continuous flow of cases uh as i said before they're more selective in what they're Mm -hmm. taking and it's generally a much longer investigation do you spend longer in jail on these cases if you're convicted in federal court typically i think typically they base well i'll say it like this they may serve a greater percentage of the time, okay? Mm-hmm. But in federal court, in some cases, the penalties are longer. Uh, so it's kind of six of one, half dozen of the other. But we we appreciate the federal government when they take particular cases because that's just one case we don't have to worry about. And we put resources somewhere else. Are you seeing, and we're talking to Judge James Stewart, Caddo District Attorney, are you seeing the incidence of gun violence uh, and gang activity in our community continuing to rise, or is it the, the perception that we are, we're feeling like it's increasing? I, I think we have periods where we have one, two, three, four incidents, so it makes it like then we'll have a, a, a time where it's real quiet, which is why I never say, okay, well, you know, we're doing good because it's quiet, because the minute you say it's quiet, <laughs> it picks back up. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a much younger offender. We, we're seeing a lot of quote, kids with guns and bullets and ammunitions and these large guns. So I think our offenders are getting younger. Uh, I don't know if the heat or whatever it is, but people are reacting a lot more quicker. Uh, we're having more domestic violence, situations between spouses and, and loved ones, and those ended up being homicides. So I don't know if 110 degrees is making that happen. But it is happening. So it, it, it's kind of episodial. They had a community meeting a few weeks ago about a juvenile crime. And that was one of the comments that Chief Wayne Smith of the Shreveport Police Department made was he's most disturbed at the fact that they're seeing younger and younger 
offenders, violent offenders. Oh, yes, yes, and it it you know we, we've kind of ramped up what we're doing. Uh, you, you, how are you addressing that? Well, in our uh, juvenile place, we're and, and we're working with the probation officers. We're working with the all the law enforcement to try to identify these kids, try to catch them. Uh, they're on social media with guns, and so if they're on probation and, and they're uh, on guns, we try to bring them in. Uh, there's more of a concept of now of intensive uh, probation. They're trying to ramp up in juvenile, where they have kids who have possession of guns bringing in more office to check on them, doing more checks with them, uh, more searches, and uh, just trying to get the message out to to parents and at school that you, you've got to be more proactive with kids with guns. Can you hold on with us for a – we go through a break here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In studio with uh, Cato District Attorney uh, Judge James Stewart. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. In studio with Judge James Stewart, Caddo District Attorney, talking about uh, uh, the appointment of uh, your Jason Waltman to serve as special U.S. Assistant Attorney. Uh, it's kind of a promotion, isn't it? Or is it just more work? And he's <laughs> I think it's more work, but it's a great opportunity. And, you know, that's the great thing that you have people who are willing to take on more uh, because they're all working hard to serve the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Doesn't look bad on a resume have, either. Huh? Doesn't look bad on a resume either. Well, hopefully he's not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, so, but but he's, uh, that was one of the things I had got straight. You, look, you can't hire him. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Non-compete here now. Right. Yeah. Judge Stewart, let me ask you. We, we have had a lot of talk lately about early childhood education. And I know I didn't give you this ahead of time, but I know you're going to preach it too. Um Someone came in and said they build jails in the country based on third grade reading levels. Scores. Scores. Yes. And we we still are not doing enough on that front for early childhood education. And, again, I know this is not your sandbox, but we have to really address our younger kids and to make sure that we're educating them rather than you prosecuting them in 15 years. Is that something we need to pay more attention to? Oh, absolutely. You know, I've, I've been excited about the, the new school they opened at Atkins to close to, to help kids who have problems, learning disabilities, uh, to bring them and help them get them up the par of mm-hmm. early childhood, starting kids earlier in kindergarten and having them uh, ready to go, trying to get them up the harbor, which is also there. It's all the, it's, it's a program designed to catch kids early and get them up to their grade level. So they're excited about educating because look, we keep them in school, we keep them educated. They're not out creating problems. That that's clearly been shown, and so that's essential. <clears throat> and and you you're actually talking about something important. I'm often asked, what can we do to prevent crime? Well. We can do a whole lot of things to prevent crime, and education is just something that other people can do, and you don't have to depend on your government well, to do it. Education has to be the foundation that it's built upon. Uh, another another important aspect is job opportunities. There's got to be something. You know, we've got to create more economic development to where there, there are opportunities for, for young people to, to grow and to be able to earn a living. Correct, correct. And so all this is that, that village that we all can be doing something. 
And if we're all doing something, you know, we'll we'll get where we need to to, to get and not just look and point fingers. You also have a, a pretty active truancy program in your office, trying to get to those young people. Um, are you having some success, or is it an uphill battle? Well, we were doing great till COVID, uh, but 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 I think everybody's coming on board. We've already identified some kids already who've missed five days out of school the already. Already, so we we've that already just started last week. Yeah, so yeah. we've already identified them, and so we're. we're getting to them early and trying to see you know what the problem sometimes it's transportation sometimes it's uniform sometimes it's different issues so yes truancy is so important that we're watching it before it gets out of hand and so it's all hands on deck they'll have a lot of different people working to to, uh deal with truancy get these kids back in school and keep them in school and get them educated the with the cooperative effort with the u.s attorney's office one of the focuses is going to be gangs um how big a problem is that now we don't talk about it a lot but i'm hearing from police officers on the beat when they when they share that it is now becoming a bit of a problem in our community is that a focus of the those folks now and are you seeing an increase in that activity it's a focus. I think uh, law enforcement are identifying. You know, it's not gang in that traditional sense that people talked about, the Bloods and the Crips and mm-hmm. the drugs. And th- these are different type of gangs. And so I think we, we understand. The, how, how is it different? What? Because it's not necessarily economically driven. It's not, quote, neighborhood driven. You you just have people who don't like each other, and they come together, and they have these conflicts. So gangs is basically a group of people. It's a group of people, but it's just not the same. And the other issue that when you talk about more and more young people, young and younger and younger people are getting involved in crimes, one of the issues we have in Caddo Parish is where do we put them? Um, we don't have as many uh, spaces to put these kids. Are we addressing that? I know we've been working on it for a while, but do we have a solution yet? Okay, well, two things real quickly. Number one, uh, there's going to be a millage uh, in this election that people should support because that will help deal with the issues you're having in the criminal justice system, particularly on the juvenile side. We have a new juvenile service director, Andrew Randall, who's working, and, and, and one of the issues is uh, some of the spaces are taken up by the Office of Juvenile Justice, which is the Department of Correction for Juveniles. And so we'll have six or seven of those kids sitting in our jail that, that really have already been sentenced. So when they get their bigger facility, they can come and pick those up and those spaces op- open up. So we kind of watch the jail, the juvenile facility every week, and we notice five, six OJJ people, please come get your kids because that will open up spaces. So voting for that millage and uh, all of us working together i think we can deal with it without more brick and mortar okay and one last thing to talk to you about with regard to um crime you got another no, no, one okay one the the prosecution from your office are you um are you changing things w- with regard to getting folks with gun charges fully prosecuted on those charges are you working harder on that Yes, we're working harder on that. We identify them, but we're also having to work harder to let law enforcement know what it takes to prosecute those cases. It's not just a person being around a gun. There are certain elements, so we're trying to educate them 
and we have a, a criteria and a procedure of how we operate on those, and those are a priority in our office. Judge James Stewart, Cato DA, thanks for coming in. Oh, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully you'll get me back before 2024. Right? Yes, <laughs> definitely. And no bashing on the DA today. Not hey, bad. Man, I, it's, I oh, he's, got, he's got on blue suede shoes. Yeah, uh, you had to uh, leave him alone. Oh, I know. man. <laughs> I, I he guess, said, no, they're comfortable shoes. Yeah, I guess it takes 100 <laughs> degrees to keep you off. Oh, of yeah. Off. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> what a one with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. <sighs> Are you all right down there? No. It's right. toasty in this building. It's 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 warm in this room. Mm-hmm. I I did get home last night and it wasn't as cool in the house. And our unit's not that old. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, she's uh, a struggling. Yeah, she's struggling to keep up. Mm-hmm. I got a text from a, a Swepco person this morning. It says air conditioning systems are properly sized. When they're installed to achieve a 20 to 25 temperature difference between the outside air and what you what, want it to be inside. What did I tell you? So if it's 100 outside and you want it to be 70, most air conditions won't be able to achieve won't, that. Won't get to, yeah, they won't be able to drop it that much. Oh, uh, because it's going to be one. Did he say 107? Uh, I, I, I just looked at my Weather Channel app, 108 by Thursday. Oh, I don't know how we're going to deal with that. You come in from outside and you're sweating just from walking from your car. <laughs> I don't, God bless you if you work outside. Oh my goodness, man. Yep, you got you to stay hydromated and mm, I know. take frequent breaks find that shade yeah thursday 108 friday 107 106 on saturday now next week we do have that cool front 95 oh yay 95 on yay. And Wednesday. <laughs> we're cheering 95 folks I know. isn't that crazy uh, and then back up by uh, another triple digit 100 on tuesday september 5th <sighs> Look, I, you know, you have people that move here, and, you know, in June or May and June, they're like, God, like, it's hot. Man, it's hot. And you're like, wait till August. Oh, I, no. didn't want, I didn't want them to feel this. No. This is like, we went to hell. Man, <laughs> this is like, it's never been this bad. Not, the, not in my memory. This is really rough. It's uh, not getting better. The good thing is, uh, GeekCon was last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what my wife has has in store this weekend, but if it uh-uh. <laughs> not going to happen, uh-uh. no outdoor work it's for race, Mikey. It's race weekend. Yeah, um, I do need to mow again. You know, you can hire somebody to do that. No, you can. Not, my yard, not, no. And then you but can I stay inside. I enjoy doing it. Okay, and I cannot sit in my house while somebody is out there. <laughs> 
mowing. Oh, you're my one of those yard. guys. You got to go watch over their shoulder while no, they're mowing. I just couldn't do it. If I had a broken leg, okay, yeah, I'd have to hire somebody. Oh man! But for me to be able-bodied and sit in the house with a glass of tea while some poor sap is out there, okay, sweating his all right hiney off. I'll bring you some tea to the hospital when you're <laughs> up and laying up in your hospital bed. Eat exhaustion. Unsweet now, by the way. <laughs> oh, you're right. It. Yeah, unsweet. I met Lewis Johnson yesterday. Oh, cool. First time? First time. Nice guy. I, I, I went and took my Kindle and had lunch at uh, Piccadilly. Cool. And and he was sitting there with somebody else and I'm he nice. spoke. And, and Very nice guy. Very nice guy. Very Lewis, nice thank guy. you so much. Mm-hmm. He says he listens every day. Well, thank you. A lot of folks from Bozier listen. We appreciate them. Everybody. I told him to tell Tommy Hay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Bless you, Arthur Alphorne. Oh, we're on? What? I'm praying for a tropical storm. Could we, could we get a tropical storm to come through? Erin, how bad is this? I saw a report about tropical storm, possible hurricane, mm-hmm. and I'm actually like, oh, I hope it comes our way. Please. Only, Please. To, only to generate some rain. Not obviously don't want... We... we Good grief. And how about the storm that we just had, the mm-hmm. 80 to 100 mile an hour wind? Exactly. We got all the damage without the benefit of any rain. No rain. And now I'm, I'm thinking a tropical storm, Harold, looks good, might come. Oh. And then he, and then the, this little jerk takes a turn for the left <laughs> over to Texas. Oh, tell South me, Texas. And tell me Jesus isn't coming back soon when Los Angeles gets hit by a hurricane. Unreal. Unreal. Kidding me? My guy from uh that I was with at GeekCon, Naji Jeter was flying out to LA and he was like, I'm flying into a hurricane. <laughs> Who would have ever thought that? In Los Angeles. Yes. But we have things brewing in the Gulf. The latest is Harold that is look like looks like it's headed for, you know, South Texas and the Mexico border and it's going due west. So it's not coming our way at all. Right. It, it, right. it looks like no relief in sight, and Mike. It's, it's way south Texas. Yeah, way down there. And it, and it won't hit landfall until uh, early, you know, maybe tomorrow midday. I'm not sure. So they'll get some rain perhaps in south Texas, but it's not going to come up this way. Not even a drip of it. I just don't know how much more we can take. And they have issued... Um, an absolute ban, that red red alert warning or red, whatever. Red flag yes. warning. No outdoor burning of any kind. Uh, Caddo Parish has had a couple of grass fires. There have been... What uh, about sub- down in Shakata? <laughs> They've had some issues in Cushata. Uh Sabine Parish has been hit really hard. And it covers all of Cato Parish? <laughs> Stop, you're bad. You're going to make me throw more stuff at you. I've only thrown one thing at him today. I know. You've been good. Not too bad. But it it's a real, real big problem, and they're trying to... So when you say no burning of any kind, and I'm not being silly. No. No grills? Um, uh, or fire like fire pit? I don't think they want you to do any outdoor burning of any sort, because if it, if it should happen 
to get to the ground, uh, those can spread so fast. Right. I mean, our trees and grass and everything is so dry. Now, we're not under, in, in uh, Caddo or Shreveport, we're not under uh, any kind of a water restrictions. But we do know DeSoto Parish is, much of DeSoto Parish, they're hoping that you won't water your car. I mean, water your grass or wash your car, those kinds of things. When I was a kid... And I mean a kid in Southern Gardens, uh, South Bossier mm-hmm. neighborhood. This is in the 60s. We had a guy in the neighborhood that burned his lawn every, I mean, on purpose. It was a scheduled, controlled burn. Why? He burned his grass every fall, I think. Okay. Hmm. And it's, it's supposed, it was supposedly made it come back greener. Okay. In the spring. I, I did think not know that. If somebody knows more about that than yeah. I do. But I remember he would he would he burn his lawn. Wow. Every year. Okay. Interesting. I've I've never seen anybody do it since. No, no. Well, we can we can only hope we get some relief. We got, you know, Harold's going to South Texas. Behind Harold we got Franklin lining up to come into the Gulf. And then Gert. That's all everybody cheer for Gert. Go Gert, get into the Gulf. Gert. Gert is going to be a tropical storm. Gert is forming. And we don't want anybody killed or anything. We just want rain. No, we don't want damage. We no. just want some just rain. Just bring us a little... Um, we can handle a Category 2. We, we're good with a 2, right? <laughs> no, just... You know what? I, I would love a slow, steady, just summer rain. Just soak us good. We just need... And my worry is that if we do get a rain, it's just going to run right off. Right, that's what I'm saying, a yeah. slow, steady, soaking keep summer rain. Keep it coming. Yeah, keep it coming. And and just rain, rain, rain. Now, we're going to, in in a few weeks when we do get that, we're going to go, who wished for this? No. Would you stop? No, I don't think so. I think at this <laughs> think point, not? everybody yeah. be like, thank you. I just, I, I just love watching people that are outside. I don't know how you do it. I really don't know how you do it. And, I don't understand. And can you collect rainwater? Is it legal to Ooh. collect rainwater in Louisiana? Hmm, don't know. Good question. Yeah, story on keelnews.com if you want to look that up. Nice. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, it's not illegal, by mm-hmm. the way. Just, All right. Just to let you know. Uh, by the way, I will be watching the uh, council meeting this afternoon. It's 3 o'clock uh, to find out what the clown car does today. I mean, the council does today. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. I know the answer to this question before I ask it, but Ruben, you're not like a hunter, are you? You're not going to... No, not really. <laughs> Aaron's <laughs> laughing, I know, right? Ruben, a hunter? <laughs> I'm sorry, Ruben. I mean, when I was a kid, I went like squirrel hunting and stuff. But okay. Right. Yeah. All right. I enjoyed squirrel hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my grandfather's thirty thirty a couple years ago. Um, Is I that a shotgun? That. It's a rifle. Rifle. Okay. It's, and I and I com- got it completely refinished. I took all the wood off and finished it myself and sanded. Oh, oh it's just, wow! Yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. Manly stuff. Dove season starts. First of September. Okay. Fall is my favorite time of year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Football, college football, cooler temperatures. Yeah. I'm afraid we're not going to have a fall this year. I mean, it it it, it worries me. But I, I'm not really that much of a hunter. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. I just it's 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 like it's like fishing. I I just don't have that kind of time. 
to, you don't have to that patience. Commit. And I, I don't have the patience. You don't. I could see you in a duck blind <laughs> and a mosquito flies by and you'd be like, mosquito! And all the ducks fly away. I heard a guy one time talking about, he says, men and women have to have things that they do separately. Absolutely. I mean, you, you women enjoy doing things with other women. Mm-hmm. Don't want the guys around. Yes. Guys like doing things, you know, with other guys. Absolutely. He says, that's the only rationale I can come up with for duck hunting. <laughs> he goes, four o'clock in the morning, you're waist deep in freezing water going, well, at least she ain't here. <laughs> so true. I had an interesting went, moment about that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I went squirrel hunting years ago. Mm-hmm. My stepdad and his son, we were out in the woods and it was fall and it was quiet and there was a mist, a heavy mist, not rain, mm-hmm. but it was, the woods were like, oh yeah. And I leaned up against a log and promptly fell asleep. Oh wow. Woke up. My gun was gone. Oh, no. Oh, no. Who took your gun? I'm sitting there going, great. You Mm. know. And then I see him. I see my stepdad and his son behind a tree (laughs) just dying laughing. That's my big hunter. Had a uh, convo with some guys at uh, GeekedCon this weekend. Just men I was talking to. And I was saying somebody came by that I knew from Bunko. And I said, that's one of my Bunko friends. And... He looked at me, and two of the men go, what's Bunko? <laughs> exactly. And I Thank said, you. we're not going to discuss that with you. We don't talk about Bunko. We don't tell you anything about Bunko. What women's Bunko? Yes, we don't say anything about it. <laughs> yes. For all you know, we're drinking tea and, and you know. Eating petty fours. Yes, yes. Eating, that's what we're doing at Bunko. Not going to tell you any more detail than that. That's all it is. <laughs> Ladies having lady time. <laughs> yeah. I know better than that. It's like duck hunting and dove hunting. Okay, y'all go do it. Whatever. I yeah, don't get it. Dove hunting gets underway September 2nd. Mm-hmm. Next Saturday. September wow. 2nd is next Saturday. Shut up. Oh, man. Not this Saturday. You're t- you're going on vacation. I am. After this week, I'm on vacation. Are you, is this your cruise? No, that's later in the year. That's in November. Yes, later in the year. This is just a chill time. I might make a little trip for uh, hot springs. I'm not sure what I'm doing. Just nice. gonna relax. Relaxation. Why? Well, I hate your guts and liver. <laughs> you really love me. <laughs> you love, love me. I do. <laughs> 1017 FM, 710 